Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. Hi, this is Coy from Collider Heroes. Now, before we continue today's Collider Heroes, let me ask you a question. Have you ever played Forge of Empires? Because Forge of Empires is a city-building game and also one of our sponsors for today's episode. In Forge of Empires, you can guide a village through the different epics of human history, from the Stone Age to the future. Now, through skillful planning on the battlefield, you can expand your sphere of influence and create an impressive empire. What's more, there are continuous content updates to ensure years of fun together with millions of players around the world. And guess what? You can switch between browser, iOS, and Android devices at any time while playing Forge of Empires. If you're new to Forge of Empires, I have some great news. For a limited time, Collider fans can go to forgeofempires.com slash collider. That's forgeofempires.com slash collider and get a bonus $10 worth of diamonds. That's right, $10 of diamonds. So download the game today by clicking the link in the description of this very episode in order to get yourself a $10 starter package. This will give you 650 diamonds to start building your very own empire. That is a bargain rate on diamonds in any market. That's just impressive. Now, diamonds are virtual in-game currency. No cash payout, only for new registrations. It is not transferable, so simply go to forgeofempires.com slash collider now. Download, install, click claim gift, and get 650 diamonds right from the start. It's that little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive. Brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. 
and deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary. I get to talk about the Joker trailer that we waited six days for. Oh my god, I'm excited. And at last, we are ready for a spoiler-filled discussion of Shazam! Today on Collider Heroes, but not just any Collider Heroes. This is episode 300, y'all! Venom is here! It's the Venom issue! We did it! This issue was drawn by Todd McFarlane and features fellow Venom boy... Hector Navarro. Where the Venom Boys? The Venom Boys. <laughs> Venom Boys. Speaking of Venom Boys, I just ordered Venom 3D Blu-ray from Germany. Germany. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so we're looking forward to seeing that again. Haven't seen the movie since it came out in theaters. $20 Blu-ray, $40 shipping. Get that Blu-ray in 3D. But we have all of that, and we have an interview our own Dorian Parks did with the stars of Cloak and Dagger. So that's everything going on today. Uh, let's get right into it. A lot. Because we couldn't last time, and and it hurt our hearts because we have spent, what, almost a week now. <laughs> like six and a half days. Like Sitting on right after. A certain Joker trailer. I mean, for me, this was arguably the most different superhero trailer we've gotten since the superhero genre took hold the way it has. Like, all superhero trailers have to be different tone because the movies are different tone so the the bubble doesn't burst. But trailers usually have a formula. Trailers are usually like, let's sprinkle in some plot, let's give you some shots, let's have a button at the end. This is a beautiful trailer. This This trailer trailer. tells a story. This trailer is Scorsese. I know he's not involved, but it's a flavor. (laughs) And this trailer is exactly what it needed to be to get all the naysayers to either be quiet or get mm-hmm. on board. Mm-hmm. And, like, the people that aren't into it, like, it's just not going to be their movie. And, like, I really like that the movie doesn't hide what it is, and it's haunting and powerful, and it's a it's a story about mental illness, and it doesn't shy away from it. And every bit of Joaquin Phoenix is what we've all wanted. Like, when we heard Joaquin Phoenix Joker, this trailer answered all of that. Yeah. So, for me, this was two and a half minutes of yes, please. The physicality was, like, disturbing. I don't know if it was the combination of his own... Uh, uh, commitment to what he needed to do for the role and then the way it was shot and the way he's hunched over and the way he comes up and like his rib cage pops yeah. out and you're just like oh man it was it was reminding me of Christian Bale machinist where it's you know right before that he did right before Batman with just like the commitment the 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 thing that some actors go to the lengths they go to <laughs> that's why he couldn't do reshoots because he like, almost died from starvation and then he couldn't go back to this maybe not a great thing for us to be establishing no. for, as an industry let's all support being safe yes but, healthy uh, <laughs> yeah I, I, but do continue with what you're saying because I fundamentally agree. Like the the thing that shines in this trailer, mm-hmm. the absolute like, I, there are questions it answers and questions it doesn't answer. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of those questions are about like what is the movie for and why does it exist? Mm-hmm. And some of that stuff I'm happy to find out when I'm sitting in the theater. Sure. Uh, but the the like the unmistakable shots fired opening for me in this movie is uh, like one of the first shots where he's. Uh, talking to whatever mental health professional he's talking to, and he there's just a look at his face from a neutral expression to a slight smile, and I I, I could feel running through my head. I was like, right, that's what I signed up for. I signed up for right. Joaquin Phoenix, right. one of the most compelling, engaging performers of our time, yeah. to do whatever it turns out this movie <laughs> is. And I still, yeah. as much as you said, like it, they're making clear they're like we're doing a Scorsese thing, we're doing an Urban Decay thing, we're yeah. doing some version of that thing, and it's still not clear how that lines up to be a narrative 
and what, like, I have a lot of unanswered questions, but the one that it was like, this is going to look amazing, yes. and Joaquin Phoenix is an incredible performer, and also we are targeting Amy specifically with the song choice. <laughs> what I liked was that they didn't give too much story away while still not making it too vague. It was it wasn't a teaser, it was a trailer. And I liked that they came out swinging with a trailer. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. too abstract. It was very artfully done, because the movie is very artfully done, but we got a Joker trailer. We got different laughs, we got different makeup, we got a little bit of story, but the thing that really captured me was the tone. You could smell the like hot stink of New York. You yeah. could smell the urine. You could smell the flavor of this gross world. And I wanted that from the moment I heard they were making a 70s like thematically Joker of that indie. Sure. And the trailer, uh, sure. it just... If this was the whole movie, if the movie is two hours of this, then it might be the best thing DC's done. And that's coming off of Shazam, which we're going to talk about. But yeah. this is episode 300, and we're talking about the Joker trailer and the success of Shazam. DC is killing it by getting different genres and living in them so well. Because this trailer didn't have anything that felt out of place. I liked the maybe Bruce Wayne bit. I liked the, I don't mind the Elseworlds being a different year, different age, different sure. everything else. Like It didn't feel like it was ignoring mythos. It felt like it was establishing its own. I think that the the a big question for me is with what this trailer makes this movie feel like it's going to be will it being a Joker movie bog it down or enhance it will it be something that gets in the way of them telling their story because they feel like they have to adhere to some kind of mythology. It, will it feel tacked on? Will it feel like, okay, this was a really great movie, and at the end he happens to, like, he dresses up like the Joker and there's Batman references. Like, will that take away from what the movie's doing? Is the movie trying to uh, with, for lack of a better term, elevate itself from the source material um, and distance itself, and try to say, you know, this is a, this is a smart comic book movie. Mm-hmm. This is a this is a uh, uh, this mo- this movie is going to push boundaries while while still trying to be like, but we're also the Joker, and we want to like, you know, we want to have that name recognition and have that or or build a new mythology. Are they it's doing the best be, of both worlds, or are those things going to be at odds with? Are each other? they going to be at odds with each? Exactly. So it's a really interesting thing that I was thinking about and there's been some great conversation about the trailer itself people that are 100% on board and a lot of people like you're mentioning at the top Koi they, they see the trailer and they go okay now I know that that movie's not for me mm-hmm. right. that, that uh, you know a lot of the things that people are, are pointing at and going this is going to be groundbreaking a lot of other people are pointing out being like this is kind of a, an ill-timed movie mm-hmm. to have a movie about a dude who who is and this is this it, you can argue this is what the Joker is especially with, with the killing joke kind of uh, says the Joker is is a guy who has uh, a bunch of bad things happen to him, and then he decides, okay, well then, f it, I'm gonna I'm gonna be this way right. to have this white male character. You know, like it's like, is what is this movie gonna say about that? And there's there's a there's also a huge history of filmmaking, and like there is a long yeah. history that I think this yeah. trailer worked deliberately to sort of evoke. Okay, and this is this is a history check. I'm not talking about things in the trailer. I'm talking about context around these stories, which are a f- sort of a familiar part of like the American storytelling tradition now. Um, Stories about like urban decay and vigilantism are mixed up historically with other American issues such as dealing with racism. Such as dealing with other like that stuff's all melded together and I know that it seemed to me from the trailer like they were trying to make really clear like you know not to be too obvious about it but they're like we will make sure white businessmen beat them up on a subway because we're trying not to evoke stuff Mm, that we don't want to evoke. Sure. Um, Sure. Now that leaves the question of like, what are they doing and what makes this original and what makes this actually Gotham? Because I'm not on 
board for the like version of this movie that could be about anyone and isn't necessarily the Joker. You're making a Joker movie. Make sure it's about the sure, Joker. To sure. me, they, they walk that line well with Wayne Hall, with Arkham, with it feeling yeah. like Gotham and it feeling like I said a new mythos of Gotham. To me, this was 100% Gotham, but like no Gotham we've seen before. Yes. Are we Thomas signing Wayne, up to be to watch someone be destroyed? Is that what we're watching? I'm signing up for Possibly. Elseworlds with the Joker. I'm signing yeah. for, for me personally. My my very personal opinion is whatever mythology they create in these two hours is its own separate movie and then is a Joker. And I want to see mm-hmm. a Joker featuring Joaquin Phoenix's take on this character. And I really like one of the main moments I really liked was uh, the worst part about having mental illness is people expect you to behave as if you don't. That to me spelled mm-hmm. out so much of what I believe they can do with the power that is Joaquin Phoenix. See, it's interesting. Like, that's it, what I want from this movie. And yeah. they, they did that in the trailer. It yeah. runs into a bunch of issues about the depiction of mental illness, but those are existing issues with the Joker character. And they're things yeah. that like the movie yeah, can't yeah, yeah. necessarily fix. Mm-hmm. Or it can address it. Like, the, the, the point is, is that this trailer showed up and it is so like it's like tantalizing how much i want to talk about what this movie could say because i just want to see this movie do you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like you don't typically get these conversations from a superhero movie and the other thing i'll say too is because it looks so gorgeous and this is not just to knock the other films that have been in the dc films franchise but superhero movies in general everybody should be stepping up their game because you see how amazing this looks and how beautifully shot it is and you're like okay but why isn't every movie that's based on a comic book look this good it doesn't have to be as generic and formulaic and stuff like that so that's another thing I really dig about the trailer. It's going to be compared a lot, but James Mangold's Logan yeah. was always on point for me until they brought in too much of the, the literature. They literally brought in comic books. Yeah. And I was like, eh. And like, the kind rest of the movie really worked for that me. That was a departure point for you? Yeah. I really, I, at one point when he's like reading X-Men you know comics, why? I was like, Where, why is Sauron here? Exactly. Because Koi is like, hey, that says X-Men comic group and not Marvel comics. Yeah, like, there was, there was just things like, this, is, was like, this is bullshit. That's not when, <laughs> that Sauron issue isn't the proper cover. That yeah, 57 had a different color. But like those things affected me where I was like removed whereas I think this can walk the line that it can be yeah. a Joker thing because it's an Elseworld like Logan wasn't firmly established enough as an Elseworld for me it mm-hmm. wasn't fully an Earth 2 or, mm. or, or fully because it was still, it was it was still in that mythology to the end of that franchise to the X-Men movie franchise and, the Fox franchise and I think this right. has the opportunity to leave all that behind yeah. so for me this is a perfect opportunity to have a new Arkham a new Gotham a new Joker a new Thomas Wayne and I don't have to worry about anything and that feels so and, nice because and, I love Batman but it's so weighted in continuity I also, I also hope it doesn't get a sequel I also hope I that there's one no of, just one it's story. just a yeah. one and done. It's yeah. just a one-off, one-shot Elseworlds. Also, did you say walk the line on purpose? I, I did. You did? Okay, great. Okay, great. Nice. Oh, thank you. I Wendy, just, who's producing yeah. us today, has a sign right now that says walk the line, lol, yeah. just to be like, she got it. I was hoping the internet would catch the that. There it is. <laughs> Pretty good. I will say, like, so I still, I, I've been in the, like, I don't, I have traditionally not wanted the Joker to have an origin story. Right. I don't like it being pinned down. Right. But I will say, the job of this teaser trailer was to be like, am I on board? I'm extremely on sure. board. This yeah. performance, this the beautiful direction mm-hmm. like I, I, I want to see it Scott Snyder said it best for me on Twitter where he where he said something I don't want to you could just look up what he tweeted uh, but I'll paraphrase and say something like he goes listen even though I have very specific beliefs about already existing characters I am all for seeing new creative people try something different and new with it because sometimes it ends up like enhancing what we already knew and like adding to it. And I use the example of Wolverine Logan. I use mm-hmm. the example of for years, Logan was just this mysterious character in Marvel Comics until movies started being made and Marvel itself was like, we should probably nail down this origin before the movies do. Yeah. And then they came out with Origin, which is a story that I love. And I, and, I, and I really, really love the actual no, his real name is James Howlett. Like when I learned that, when that happened, mm. it blew my mind and I dig it. And it, it, to me, it didn't take away the rest of Wolverine. So you know, we're going to see what happens with the Joker. And- Can I- one more thing that makes this like uh, okay, I'm gonna get. I, I rarely do these, but you know what makes this better than Logan? Ooh. 
Mm-hmm. Here's what makes this movie existing better Ooh. than Logan. Uh, Zazzy Beats. Logan was amazing. Uh, and Zazzy Beats is amazing. Uh, oh, who, who has money on all the bad things happening to the people we saw in this trailer? Anyway, I'm preparing myself emotionally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Logan is a great movie that I really love and I'm glad exists. Yes. But it gave us more of Wolverine, who'd already had two movies and was the central focus of all of the X-Men movies right. up to that point, sure. except for Deadpool. Um, <laughs> now, here's what we get with the Joker. We get a Joker story, and yeah, we've seen Jokers before. We're, we're, we have a lot of great Jokers that yes. we hope this joins. And what's so great is we are now living in a world where we don't only get Joker stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, granted, we had Joker and Superman, and that like we had Batman stuff and Superman stuff, and that was you know mostly it for a long time. But we now are in a world where Joker comes out the same year as Shazam, right after Aquaman, and right before the Wonder Woman sequel, and yeah. that is beautiful. That is what I want for my comic book universes. I want us to tell a lot of stories that are very different from each other. Yeah. And that is where this scores over uh, the other The perfect trailer. Killing Joke meets <laughs> Kings of Comedy meets this beauty. Let's bring this movie on. We're all excited. But the movie that has already gotten people excited because we've already seen it and so many people saw it. Shazam! Can are we ready? Everybody. Let's put that spoiler thing up right now. I'm so excited to get into this. We've been talking about it for weeks. Shazam. We've been waiting for y'all to see it for weeks. And we're into it! Spoiler alert. Let's talk Shazam. Let's talk Shazam. It's a good movie. It's a great <laughs> I think it's a great movie. Real good movie. Yeah. Uh, I saw it yeah. four times <laughs> and I kept loving it and I found more each time and that always feels good when you watch especially densely like when you watch it four times in a row within two weeks holy crap and the movie kept like having new laughs different audiences. Every audience had different stuff they loved. Everyone yeah. had different heartwarming moments and yeah. I really like that the movie speaks to so many different tones and themes while also having so many different morals. There's so much heart in this movie and there's so many different tones it walks. It's somehow a family Amblin horror comedy action film yeah. and that is that's such a, a hard thing that's a satire that's a yeah. commentary on superhero films while being one that isn't meta but is what how do you walk that line uh, magic. Uh, are you the master uh, but what what it did for me was it reminded me what it's like to be a kid that loves superhero movies while being an adult watching kids love superhero movies. Yeah. And it took me out of myself and reminded me what it's like. And Spider-Verse did that too, where I walked out of Spider-Verse like, man, I can't wait to have kids. And I was like, whoa, yeah. this movie was like, man, <laughs> I can't I wait to kids? share this with my kids. Yeah. Whoa. Like it did the same thing Spider-Verse did where it reminded me of my youth because to me it had two eye lines. It had Asher who gets to become a superhero like every kid wants to be. Right. And it had Freddy who is wanting the world to have superheroes in it. So everyone in that audience at least feels like they either believe in superheroes, believe they are one. And yeah. to me, that's amazing that they captured that. And Zach Levi is like, come on, he's Shazam. Uh, like, this movie is fantastic. I'm so happy that, I remember years ago, the, the plan was going to be, we're going to get a Black Adam movie starring The Rock and then probably Shazam after that. And I was like, no, don't. Like, I was like, you got to do Shazam first. And I'm so, so happy that this came out. I'm so happy that there was that little tease for Black Adam mm-hmm. without even naming the character. Uh, and of course, he's on Instagram now being like, we're going to start shooting next year, which hopefully is true. Great, but- great. The Rock? Dwayne yeah, Johnson Rock. said that? Yep. Uh, amazing. Um, yeah, and I think that that's great. I, I would be fine if it was just Shazam 2 and and Black Adams in it mm-hmm. but if he wants to do his own movie go for it I'll, I'm all for it I, I want to see it I want to see I want uh, this I wanted this movie sequel to be greenlit and then it was yeah. apparently right we've so got that's a been, writer we we're just hearing that yeah, right that's, the writer's attached and the director is assumed and should be got it and, but there's not been an official announcement of like everything's all systems go and listen even if it's not those same systems I am so excited by what the first Shazam movie lays as like its foundation meaning the cast, the world, the 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 concepts, the magic. I'm like, you nailed it. Even if it is a different writer, even if it is a different director. Not mm-hmm. that they didn't do a great job. They did a great job, but you know, it, it's... But that groundwork is there now. The groundwork is there, and I think I still love Wonder Woman more 
But in many ways, overall, Shazam is kind of a more sort of coherent, like it, like Act One, Two, and Three kind of work. Whereas for me, Wonder Woman has these amazing high points of emotionality that of emotion that none of the superhero movies in ed, from any company are going to be able to hit for me. Like they're mm. just so amazing. But Shazam has these great themes that they explore and a really really fun third act and they subvert stuff and it's a it's a spoof it's a parody it reminded me of some spider-verse stuff also a little bit of spider-man homecoming with like Mm. the cast of kids that were really funny and charming in their own right you want to spend more time with them so i'm just all for let's get shazam back on a movie screen asap for those kids girls this time (laughs) hire an actor to play superman let's get that interaction happening jesus that was painful i turned to you they're literally like first time i saw it together and i was like first time i watched it and I turned right when that happened and I went I was like that was awesome and also a huge bummer at the same time like it's like a definitive like nope it's not Henry but also but the Superman's in a movie this year yeah which is great but like the most bittersweet button so so now and I also love the way that they this is all I ever wanted I love the way that they actually used the shared universe yeah Mm -hmm. that's what it's about in the same way that Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther could not be those same movies had there not been a whole series of films that came before it Shazam is this movie where let's just skip to let's cut to the chase. These kids have grown up in a world where there's Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, the Justice League, yeah. Aquaman. These characters exist already, and just talk. Let them talk about it. They don't have to be in the freaking movie, but they're just grown up in Philadelphia, and it's a big deal. So then, what does it add to the story? It adds to Freddy. It adds to to Shazam's character. Like, and then the, and then the great little button at the end. But but uh, that's the beautiful way to use a shared universe also, story. Yeah, Koi saved me because I. I left the movie uh, because I had inadvertently over the course of it been like I was so into all the DC cameos and the toy store and the shirts and the posters and then (laughs) like got crucially distracted for the one thing that would have prevented me leaving really mad um, because I, I left and I was sort of like I didn't see any Wonder Woman, much less Mira, sure, like, and I was just sure. like, the, the real Freddy should be learning that women can be his heroes just as much as everybody yeah. else. Um, and then, thank God, Coy, who saw it four times, was like, no, <laughs> no, 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 Freddy shirt. There's a shirt in the final in- with the sword, the sword and the Wonder Woman logo. He's wearing it oh, when amazing. he meets Supes. Because oh, my first time down. through, I didn't spot it until yeah. she shows up in the credits, and then it's yeah. a joke about being a prom date, and I was like, oh no, movie, we're gonna fight. Yeah, um, he rocks it. But yeah. these were like these were nit- like all I have about this movie really is nitpicks, sure. and I love that feeling Mm -hmm. where like I it just works so much of it works the fundamental stuff the choices that they made about what to grab and not grab from the new 52 Jeff Johns Gary Frank run I chef's kiss like they they kept the family which was definitely the best part of that reinvention but they softened up some of that Billy Batson is a bad seed stuff that they were trying Mm -hmm. uh, and they kind of landed in in the middle like Mm -hmm. that that, you know they didn't they didn't go with the uh, Shazam Wizard Shazam had no choice Mm -hmm. and therefore Billy like and I I -hmm. like that I like like mm-hmm. that Billy actually is the one who deserves. There are disturbing implications to uh, the way that Savannah's life gets wrecked by the wizard in the beginning. He has an origin. The villain gets an origin to open this movie, and that is yeah. a bold choice for any movie, and they really landed. So and it's really terrifying, which yeah. is the thing I was alluding to last week when I was, because I saw it with a friend who has kids who was sort of like, they might be a little young for this one. Yeah. It's an intense uh-huh. movie. Yeah. And, the, and the Shazamily really lands all of the heart that you need to balance the horror. Yes. Yeah. And I really like that the Darla. Freddie Freeman is the Freddie Freeman of every Darla. mythos. Like, Freddie Freeman feels like the 
40s Freddie Freeman. He yes. also feels like the 70s Freddie Freeman. Yes. He also feels like the modern... Freddie Freeman inspired Elvis, guys. Yes. Like, Freddie Freeman is such an important character That's in comic so books. Cool. So to me, to have that go right, and then, like, to, we had the kids on last week, and I've never done more press for a movie in my life. Uh, I got to know these kids. I got to hang out with these kids. They are Billy Batson and Freddie Freeman. Like, yeah. it's insane. The casting yeah. director was just like, oh, we found them. Put them on camera. And obviously, Zach Levi is Shazam. So to be around these people in Hawaii, New York, LA, to do all this stuff with them, to see the movie, and every time I see it, to see the kids become more like their characters and vice versa, yep. it, it's a magical experience, and, it, and it's yeah. such a, a lightning strike of so chance. You know, I like, want to talk about tone, because okay. I, I basically thought like the way they found that balance was, for me, like almost perfect. Yeah. Um, the balance yeah. of taking it seriously what and was, winking what, at it. Okay, what was imperfect? I, it's going to sound like I'm coming with the nitpicks, but it's Too just because last week I said all the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the thing for me, and this is just because it's not my movie and I'm not the one who had to make the final call on where these adjustments go. Yeah. I would have, for instance, in the Rock of Eternity scene, I didn't need uh, Billy Batson making fun of the wizard's name because I'm not convinced that that's oh. what a kid would actually do. I think that's what grown-ups think a kid Correct. would do. Make fun of the wizard's name uh, in that moment because they I, sort of are giggly. I would have left it only because, only because Shazam, that word, the word itself, is in pop culture. Whether or not people even know what it's from. I feel like people have only recently... But is like, it in this world? But, but... It, it, are we giving him knowledge it, that we have? Because, y- like... Yes, because if they didn't do that, I feel like it would have been as if Scott Lang didn't laugh at the name Ant-Man. It, it, was Ant-Man. Too, it, it would have been mean? too serious if he was like Shazam. Like, for me, I, I like that beat personally, and the audience got a big laugh because it is a yeah. silly sounding thing and if yes. it was just like shazam i'd have been like that's it would have been too silver age cheesy for me are you sure for me that you wouldn't have bought it if they if they gave us the credit of believing that like that if the, you landed the, in a the, freaking if you took word, a magical subway sure, train sure, sure. to the rock of eternity <laughs> the question is are Amy, you really gonna does, be like uh, you said hold my staff like well, in that moment i'm a deadpool fan i like dick jokes uh, oh the hold my staff bit the uh, hold my staff and the wizard's name were the two parts where i'm like i feel to me, I yes. feel Too an cynical? adult adult approach Wrote to that. this. But he had just like c- captured police in a store. Like he's got a little edge to him. True. Like you need to keep and that edge for. Actors. He's not eight yeah, old but- Billy Batson. He's like fifteen, which is like fourteen, fifty, which is like on the way to almost sixteen, seventeen, eighteen. You know, he's been in foster teenager. care his whole life. He's a kid that runs away. I feel like his edge was important to keep him not like the other kids. But it's not I don't full think on taking U52. magic seriously when weird shit is happening to you makes you not edgy. I think it just makes you like a human being. No, I, I see what you're saying, but I think yeah. I think it was important to keep it dick joke in there uh for one but also like <laughs> i feel like pack this let's just joke. no by the way dick jokes yeah. no but i feel like it gave him an edge that reflected his choices earlier and then if he didn't laugh at that moment if he t- if he took the wizard seriously it would have felt out of place with the way we met him the way we met him was literally with an animal doll and then trapping police and then yeah. being a runaway if mm-hmm. he hadn't been like hey, your name's shazam it wouldn't have felt inauthentic to the character we have to evolve out of he evolves out of that kid in the third act by when he meets his mom realizing he's the adult if he wasn't a kid in the beginning he wouldn't become an adult and the third act wouldn't feel as impactful he has to fall into that family. He has to love that family. If he's not outside of the family with every bit of I'm him, down with him right. resisting the family. Sure, I'm down sure, with sure. him, uh, like, that. all of that stuff. It was just, that was the point where I was like, because I love this material and sure. I love this stuff, and because we do get there in the movie, like, the you know, the, the eventual climactic jumping off of the roof, mm-hmm. lightning oh, moment, that, yeah. is, that is, like, permanent. They did it. They did the thing. They did exactly Real what we magic. wanted. Like, everything pays off really beautifully. There were just a few moments like that where I was like, I don't know if... 
It's 2019. We are yeah. able to accept magic a little more than maybe movie you know makers what? think we can. You know what I'll give you? Is, that that yes. You know what I'll give you, though, is even before he accepts the magic and he's listening to uh, Jaman Hansu tell him what is happening, uh, let's say he still doesn't think that it's magic when he steps off of the subway car, right? He's in the Rock of Eternity. still doesn't think that this is magic because he's still like, I was supposed to get off on, you know, like he's still like trying to rationalize his world. Uh, I will say it's 2019. Uh, uh, he's talking to a stranger. And 2019 is very different than 1940. So for him to just accept the word of a grown man who says, hold my staff, put your hand on my staff, like maybe that's the movie subtle way of having Billy laugh instead of kind of be like, wait, is this man honestly going to do something like – To avoid the legitimate fear yes. he might otherwise be feeling? Yes. So so I, I put that in, a, in, in the category of Billy's like streetwise in mm-hmm. the way that even us three grew up in a different era than today where we were almost allowed to – Play on the streets a little bit more we than I feel like we, we should have been scared. But we we were coming up in the in the era in the eighties and nineties of like oh people do are do, doing awful things and putting bad things in Halloween candy. Now we have to check Halloween candy. Mm-hmm. Like the generation before us didn't have that problem and mm-hmm. didn't have mm-hmm. that you know. So Billy Batson is twenty nineteen and he has you know he's been living on the streets or in foster care. I imagine that he's pretty savvy when it comes to stuff like hey kid you want some free candy in my van kind of a thing. Right. He so would have been born in 04 is what Maybe saying. that was like, that yeah. way of addressing it and then to go back. Back to the word Shazam, the question is, in this world, because maybe the wizard has been interacting with people as early as at least we know, Thaddeus Savannah was a little kid in the 70s and maybe yeah. earlier then, has the word Shazam turned into a, a silly magic word like abracadabra the way we think of the word in our universe? Or is this, so this, this is the Hector at, moment yes. where Mallrats yeah, 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 just happened this again. a world we where the word Shazam the has fiction. never <laughs> been said? So That's we, the question. We will Mallrats this and have another full hour of talking <laughs> about it. That is very easy to do. I will say as we rapper spoiler review Great because we have so much news that the ending with the Shazamily, which is what I will yes. always call them, yes. was an inspired choice. Funko Pops, hopefully you didn't see them spoiled it early, but I didn't know, I know. so My I was very happy. Rich said Shazamily, and then I've been uh, poisoning I'm holding, everyone I'm with holding, it. I hashtag yeah. Shazamily. So and, and the credit, casting... Credit to the uh, marketing team. They did yes. not spoil that. And can we give credit awesome. to the Justice League Mortal stunt casting? Because I love the fact we had Adam Brody <laughs> and yeah. DJ Yo, Caruso. Yes. So the Justice League Mortal moment, because yeah. when I saw it with Hector in New York, I was like, Justice League Mortal with Okay, we do. Okay, Quickly, Darla was everything. The everything. family was everything. Megan's good. Yes. Like yes. the 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 grown up castings for them were so good. Yep. Those and moments. I want more from Mary Marvel to do, but that's in the sequel. Yes. Be fine. And my friend Danny Fernandez texted me and she goes, "I think we have a a a gay Latino superhero." And I'm like, I think you're right. Like, we just need this confirmation. But, like, I think that that yeah. has happened subtly on screen, like, before, This you movie know. tackled so many things. Yeah. It's, a, it's a mixed race foster family. Foster families mean so much to me. Being adopted is such an important part of family. Being a family is so important in movies. And this didn't treat social workers poorly. It didn't treat foster families yep. any less yep. of a family. Yep. And it did that with a multi-ethnic family that didn't acknowledge being multi-ethnic. They were just Boom. a family. Thank Boom. you, movie. And it had a kid that had, like, a, 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 thank you, yes. Shazam. Just, there was, th- yeah, disability representation is a whole everything but it is really cool that we got like a central character that deals with that yeah um there's 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 oh it's such a rabbit hole y'all yeah. we could literally an hour about any of this so just say the word go see shazam <laughs> it's fantastic yeah it, it there i guess okay the spoiler bug has dropped i guess we gotta move on no it's back um uh i i want to get into more like there there's a couple of script things that they probably could have knocked out yeah. that like make sure that you're that you're like 
there's no point where everybody finds out what about the sins so that they can identify them in the end. I think sure. that's fine. Mm-hmm. I think it Unless all Unless that's of the works. wisdom of Solomon. I mean, ah, could, could be. be. That's could the be. S. There could it is, be. right could there. Be. Open the Shazam also, name. Also, I would have loved if Billy had the option to pick the evil thing and then he didn't do it. But because he didn't even have that option to him, you're kind of like, eh, is he even but he, better later than on that? He is? has the like, uh, you thought I was going to yeah, do that. Yeah, I'm open. But I'm saying in the cave, it, so that the wizard Shazam could have been like, Billy, and then gives him the same option. He's like, oh, you're a good kid, and then gives him the power. Deleted <laughs> scene. Yeah. Well, the spoiler alert thing is up. Uh, we got to talk about Mr. Mind. At least that was oh, yeah. like, y'all, so it's fun. so exciting. Uh, all those possibilities are exciting. The execution, I thought of the, if we hadn't known that they, like, if we hadn't known that they almost had a cameo and didn't have it, I think the headless Superman works for the, like, big style movie. Yeah. I think the, like, and True. then Superman comes on screen. True. Like, I, I think I think that's going to be less painful to watch. And the, uh, it's less the second and third you can rounds, confirm trust me. That for me. Four yeah. is just happy, but second and third, it got easier and easier. And then the Mallrats <laughs> credits get better and better. Like, literally, I was back in the 90s, and I was a very happy yeah. boy. It was a beautiful movie. Thank you for making Shazam. Thank you for doing justice to this mythology and finding a new take on it that fits into the DC universe. And thank you, audience, for making it number one in the world so we do get a sequel because it is a very tricky tone to land. So thank you, world, for seeing it. Keep seeing yes. it. Go see it four times. And like we I. should talk about that. It made $53 million domestic uh, just in the weekend. Yeah. At more than that, combined with previews and other things. It made 102 foreign, which is more than its production budget yep. Great. in its opening weekend. Great. Uh, so it's cool. There should be room, just like we talked about with Joker, to make all kinds of different superhero movies at all different levels. Uh, yeah, I'm sure there's stuff we're forgetting, but that's what we have the rest of the show for. It's at 162 right now. It's doing great. And yeah. it's a movie with an exclamation point in its name so I love it. Speaking of exciting things, Dorian got to sit down with two members, three members of the cast of Cloak and Dagger. It was an awesome interview. Check it out. All right. Thanks, Koi. So, guys, welcome to Collider Heroes. I am here with the cast of Cloak and Dagger. How are you guys doing today? So good. good. Thanks for having us. That's awesome. So, we are, this episode will be aired after the the show starts, so we can talk a little bit about spoilers. So, first of all, how does it feel that uh, now that we're back for season two, you guys, your guys' stories just kind of flip, like, from where you are at the beginning of season one, where you're with the family and you're on the run now it's kind of flipped so did you find anything interesting about that when you were exploring your characters absolutely yeah i mean first season i think we see very different sides of tandy and tyrone and not just when they're together but also as individuals and we leave off season one with tandy moving out of the church and moving back in with her mom melissa and trying to mend that relationship and they're going to women's group and tandy's sort of trying to grasp and understand exactly what her mother went through Mm -hmm. with her dad and tyrone has moved into tandy's church and has sort of been hidden in, in hiding and has a home gym in the church which is fine i'm not bitter about that at all but uh yeah i think we we both are our stories have flipped a little bit and now um, the journey that they go on together is going to be pretty intense. And Emma, with you, at the end of season one, we see your character get hit with the dark energy, and then we get to see a little post-credit work. She gets out, starts walking around. So mm-hmm. can you tease a little bit about what, what's going to be in store for Mayhem? A little swamp monster action. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, I don't want to spoil it for the end of season two, I, I mean, episode two, but... Um, it's not so much a Jekyll and Hyde, but there's two of us. So, you know, Bridget is now grappling with the fact that there's a whole separate part of her that looks like her, but is behaving in a way that she doesn't agree with. So she's kind of having to come to terms with that. And how do I take that down? And then Mayhem is just completely doesn't really almost take anyone else into account. She's on a mission and she's not going to stop at anything to, to just make it happen. And with uh, with you in particular, I was a big fan of Power Rangers Dino Thunder. Mm-hmm. So with, uh, in that show, you got to have powers without being 
your suits. Did you take any of that experience and bring it into this role now that you, you're becoming a little bit more active with the powers? I mean, not really. I trained for a month of Krav Maga before this, and that was so long ago. <laughs> it was like, that was like 15 years ago, so I don't even really <laughs> remember that much of what I did in that show. But um, so, so, no, I don't think that I really took anything. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'll read about you with uh, now that Cloak is, he's kind of getting more into his superpowers. He's mm-hmm. becoming more of a vigilante. Did you have any on set? What was, what was that like, just becoming more active in that role? Well, I mean, for me, it's it's it was kind of like, cloak was really coming into fruition you know and when i when we signed on to do the show this is the type of stuff that you know you look forward to so um it definitely looks cooler in post than it does when i'm just like jumping in place on set it looks but, uh, great when you're jumping in place on set, <laughs> just you look great well, you're being too nice but um yeah it's, it's just so cool to, to be able to to you know see these guys fully develop not only as you know people but you know as superheroes as heroes and in this place, they, we kind of see Cloak and Dagger building that relationship, becoming more familiar with each other. Are there going to be any bumps in the road on this season? Because at the beginning of the season, it seems like they're, they're in a good place with each other now, now that they're becoming more expressive, sharing each other's truths and stuff. I think with, with any companionship or friendship, there's always going to be some type of rough patch. So I think I would be a little skeptic if they were just, you know, all, you know, roses and rainbows all the time. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, if that's even a saying. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for people to see the push and pull that they go through because that's just a big part of our show, you know. And for the question for all of you guys, because Runaways is, is, is kind of connected to you guys, if you, if you guys ever did a crossover, what character would you, your characters want to be friends with on that show? <laughs> oh, that's a really good question. I just feel like as a whole, I mean, you know, we saw Cloak and Dagger and the Runaways in the comics already, so it only makes sense that... You know, we have a crossover eventually at some point right. um, with the two shows. But I think just all of us, I feel like, would be... I mean, because we are we're all on the run. We all, you know, have our own little uh, personality traits that I feel like... I mean, Tandy already is, like, just such a sassy human being with everybody. I mean, <laughs> even with Tyrone, who she considers one of her best friends who knows the ins and outs of everything. So I think... Um, I don't know. I think the dynamics could be really cool to, like, just see how everybody, like, interacts with each other. Yeah. But we'll see. And I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to dig any deeper into that, but did you guys have a particular favorite moment on in the behind the scenes on set, just from one of the shoots on one of the days? Like any moment you can remember? Are you thinking the jumping? <laughs> which one? Which one? <laughs> when we jump, which oh, can, we can. Oh. I don't know. Yeah, I know though. You know what I'm talking we, about? Uh, yeah, we. Um, there were, I mean, honestly, like, it's so hard to, like, break break just, like, one down because yeah. there were so many incredible moments that we all shared together. But mm-hmm. um, this season was fun because all three of us were in a bunch of scenes together. And episode two, there's um, a scene where all three of us are, are together. And we were shooting, like, really early into the morning. Mm-hmm. I think it was maybe around 3 a.m. Is this when you had scene? coffee for, like, uh-huh. the, first time ever. Like the first time ever? <laughs> Not the first time ever. I mean, first time ever. I'm not coffee because I go through every single emotion in five minutes. It's really scary. You don't want to see it. No one really wants to see yeah. it. We were like medic. <laughs> and, um, I mean, we were we were wired that night. It's just mm-hmm. delirium, had, delirium had hit hard. And we it's were... an emotional, it was, it was an emotional scene, too. I mean, but Liv would find anything that she could sit on, <laughs> like a chair, and do this noise. I, I do can't this do noise it. Now. 
<laughs> so you just see her finding things to make out of to make chairs essentially and making that noise all the time. All Honestly, night. like it sounds really dumb and it probably really is. But, but after twelve hour days, yeah, we've yeah. found anything funny. Yeah. And uh, with your character Mayhem, now that we there without the big reveal or anything like that, with her in the comics, she's kind of been known to help Cloak and Dagger. They've done some crimes, fall some crimes together. Can you we see expect to see some of that in this show or? I know y'all try to divert away from the comics a little bit, so mm-hmm. can we can you see, can we see something with that? Well, she definitely tries to bring Tandy along with her because there's kind of shades of Tandy and mayhem and vice versa. So she definitely is trying to bring her along, and and Tandy I think is you know tempted because she sees that you know the system in place is failing a lot of you know women and men that are you know getting caught up in human trafficking. So she's trying to make it happen. Tyrone is definitely not interested. Um, he doesn't agree with what she's doing, but Tandy can see, you know, that in the gray area there there is a reason to it making sense. So she tries to bring her along, but you're just going to have to watch and see mm. what happens. Mm, and Tyrone, he's starting to really come into his powers. And, and in season one, we got to see him with the the, the detective with the, the dimensions. So we will they explore that in this season, touch on that sooner rather than later. Um. I mean, we have to because <laughs> he's my only way out of, you know, living in a church. So uh, I'm definitely excited for people to see, you know, us explore that dark force dimension and, and ex- explore where Connors is and how do we get him back. Yeah. I feel you on that. And so we got Avengers Endgame coming up soon. Mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite Marvel hero out of all the Avengers? Like, if you had to pick one, who would be your to-go-to hero? We I feel like we can all right? agree on this. No, like, yeah. all of us agree yeah. on this. It's yeah. Iron Man. Most Iron Man. Yeah. yeah. All right. All I right. say that also, like, for Tandy, too, because I feel like Tandy would, like, their relationship would be... Her and and Tony Stark, I feel like, would just, like, the clap back would be, like, Mm -hmm. great all the time. Because both of them are so, like, sassy and cheeky. Like, their personalities, I feel like, wouldn't clash. Like, they would soar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you and I could see Tandy uh, uh, with Rocket Raccoon. I could see that. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, 1,000%. What character uh, do you think your uh, uh, character would pick? Uh, like, that would mesh well with? Yeah, mesh well Um, with, like, we have to be a friend with. Hmm. That's a good one. I think um, I would say, dang, that's hard. That is a know. tricky one. That is yeah. tricky. I don't know. I, I would probably say um, Black Panther just because um, he would probably try to make fun of his accent a little bit. But then they would uh, <laughs> then they would uh, become friends in the end. I definitely would see that. I think that would be a really cool pairing. Like powers that together, you know. We've, uh, there's been a mention we got a Wakanda mention in Runaways too, so that'd be cool. We got oh, oh, yeah. throw that all in oh, there. Yeah. What about sort of, you? I, th- I can see, uh, see your character. Yeah, Loki. You said Loki? <laughs> right? Yeah, I, I can Probably, see Loki. yeah. Or I would go with Korg, actually, from Thor Ragnarok, just because he's got a similar accent to my real accent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Of course, of course. And so, with um, I can't, I can't spoil anything. I'm trying not to spoil anything. I know. I, story of our lives. Yeah, hard. story of our lives. But with, with season two, the d- dynamics between all three of you guys, can mm-hmm. we, with Vita and your relationship with them, can we see, will we see a little love triangle or anything happen between that relationship? <laughs> will we? I don't know. Will I we? think I think we're gonna have to wait and see. Okay. Yeah. Listen, I think I, I personally <laughs> think I'm like you know Tyrone is in a relationship with Evita, and I don't think you know even though Tandy is aggressive at some at some points in her life, and you know I I, I don't think she wants to like 
I think she respects it. She's, she's a girl's girl. girl. Yeah, she's a girl's yeah. girl. And I think, like, she gets it. And, like, as of now, I think what's really great about our show is, like, you see the relationship build. And they have a really special and unique friendship. And I think watching that sort of escalate and evolve into, like, something bigger and better is, I think, if you know, if they do end up together, I think it'll be worth the wait. I'm excited about that. Personal opinion. Uh, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. So, when when you were shooting and when you were on set, did it just any type of moment where you were just like, "Damn, I'm actually a, I'm actually a hero now. I'm actually here making moves." Definitely uh, this season. I, I would say so. Um, and there's a bunch of stuff that we can't tell you because it would give away like all the all the later episodes uh, down the line in the season, but. We have a lot of really cool stuff this season that I can't wait for people to see. Yeah, there's a lot of physicality this season, too, which first season we had a little bit of it, but now that our two characters sort of understand their powers a little bit better, I think they have a bigger grasp and understanding of what they can and can't do and what they're capable of. And so I think that I think that, that definitely ties into the, the hero aspect of all of it. And there will be a moment this season where I think you'll, you'll be sitting in your chair watching the episode and you'll be like, oh, that's Cloak and Dagger. Because I know that we felt that way shooting it. Definitely. And I know music kind of plays a, a big part in this as well. I feel mm-hmm. like, did you guys have any favorite songs or any emotional songs that were played in this season that you can think of? Like, because I know just from the the second episode when with the church scene when the kids were missing and they were just all, all around them, I, that was a really powerful scene. So, do you have any type of song, maybe not from season two, but from season one that really stuck with you? Well, Aubrey actually has a song in the uh, in season in episode two. This mm-hmm. in season two, yeah. Ooh. Come on, tell him. Tell him. Um, yeah, I, I wrote a song for the show um, that we were lucky enough to have on it. And I don't know, I just tried to write a song from Ty's perspective to... Uh, it's weird. It's kind of like Tandy and Avita in a way, like each verse is mm-hmm. to them. So um, I don't know, that, that was pretty cool to, to you know see that work out in, in a show that means so much to me. So It's really good. I'm like a proud mom. Oh. I'm like, tell everybody. You're like a, stage, a proud stage mom. Like, you <laughs> like, my son did that song, by the way. Like, no, nah, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a really cool experience to have it in the show, definitely. And when in your character, when you were on set, did you have any struggles? Because I know we see we see Tyrone trying to still do school and trying to still be a, a student and, and mm-hmm. be active on set. I mean, active in school with basketball. So did that have anything to do when you were when, while you were on set, like just physicality trying to do all that stuff too uh i mean i I, I wouldn't say necessarily physically but it's it's something that you can pull from just from regular life i mean just trying to be a a young performer i know these guys know is when you're when you're a young performer in the entertainment business there's a lot that you have to juggle it's like being a regular kid and going to school and Mm -hmm. doing all these type of things and you know also being a professional and stuff like that so i think for Ty, his professional is kind of being a superhero. So it's like, uh, you know, the the kind of kid that Ty is, he still wants to study. Like, he still wants to learn, and which, you know, is why you see Tandy going back to his school to steal textbooks for him and stuff like that. It's a real friend. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's for him, it's just about juggling. You know, the one thing that O'Reilly told him in season one is, you know, always try to find a way to still be a kid. And I think that kind of resonated with him. Mm -hmm. And uh, even though he's kind of having to become this adult and be out on his own in in, in a church, it's kind of like I still want to try to, you know, find some type of way to keep my old life into this, you know, 
new era that I've kind of stepped into. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely cool to see. And you're doing a lot more ballet in this season. Did that, uh, when you were training for that, how was that? Oh, it was a big challenge, for sure. I come <laughs> from the gymnastics world, which sounds like it would be easy to sort of step into it. But everything in gymnastics is turned in, whereas everything in ballet is turned out. So my muscle memory was like, what are you doing? This is not right. <laughs> um, but it was really intense work, and I've gained a whole new perspective for trained ballerinas. I mean, we have a trained ballerina right here to my left. And Lahana, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I was like, you are going to cringe when you see these scenes because I was like, I, I, it's tough. Like, it's so tough. And like, I mean, they spend so, what, they start from like what you said. Yeah, I mean, three I started training when I turned three. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I mean, to just even figure out how to hold your hands as a ballerina takes years and years of training. So to do it in a month, live is such a, you know, thanks. That's no, it's such a, and you look beautiful and you're amazing and you should just pat yourself on the back because it's impossible <laughs> to look like a professional ballerina in a month and you didn't have a double like she did it all herself it was really intense thank you and it's really but it's true people don't understand even just doing like a simple tondu and pointing your foot how much work that takes from Mm -hmm. your whole leg it's painful everything hurts when you're a ballerina yeah and our first day of shooting season two were all of my ballet scenes from episode one so (laughs) it it was a painful day for me i definitely like sat in the bathtub for like four hours (laughs) afterwards and epsom salts i was like take me lord so are we going to see more of her in the and doing more ballet or or just sad was it no we'll definitely see about uh, about a lot more ballet scenes um i think what's also really interesting is we're incorporating some of the ballet moves into the fight sequences and i think that's sort of like tandy's way of fighting and um it's not all ballet obviously but i think you know the difference between like some of the characters who fight in this show it's like it feels very martial arty or or crab magai and i've (laughs) <laughs> I just literally added E. Or ballet <laughs> Those interviews getting weird. Um, but yeah, we'll see like a lot of those elements incorporated in the fight sequences that she has, which I think makes it really interesting and is also like her own trait and thing, you know? Mm-hmm. I was very jealous because I've always wanted to play a ballerina. I was like, can't Mayhem just show up at the studio? And <laughs> we can do a pas de deux. Like. <laughs> and now that, uh, now that the first season is completely on free, I mean, on Hulu that people can stream and get caught up if they haven't caught up with uh, season two. What what would you guys say to, like, give them, like, a... Not a pitch, but, like, just let them know, like, what this show is about as a whole, like, from your character's perspective so that they can know what what it's all about so they can jump right in. I think this it's is a really the greatest grounded, show ever. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's such a grounded superhero show. So um, season one is amazing, I think, because we do such a good job at uh, understanding who all the characters are. So you become really invested in them. So season mm-hmm. two, even though season two is a lot bigger and we have a lot more action, you're really invested in who they are as individuals. And you root for them more because you know their ins and outs. I think also our show, we don't shy away from talking about real issues. And I think that that's something really important is to make sure that people know that like what they're watching. Yes, it's based in a world full of fantasy and powers. But at the same time, like we're throwing in elements of what's happening right now in this day and age, what it's like to be a white female in America in 2018 and what it's like to be a young black male in America in 2018. And like we're really pushing the boundaries on those ends. The first season we talked about police brutality, sexual assault, drug addiction, suicide, so much more. And then season two, we're sort of stepping into the realm of human trafficking and what it's like and it's real and it's alive and we don't just want to open up you know the door and open up a conversation but we want to take action on that and i think what we're doing is helping people be aware of those signs 
And I and you touched you hit the nail on the head with that because I think your show and Runaways, even though the the cast is younger, they're skewing, they're making sure like all these topics are getting hit, and I think that's just uh, I think that's just great. Thank but you. Um, overall, I love the show, and I can't wait people for people to see season two. Back to you, Coy. We'll see you soon. So Cloak and Dagger Season 2 is right, right now. It was awesome to hear from those folks. And Dorian, excellent work. I cannot wait to actually have time to sit down and watch Cloak and Dagger. There's so much content. But last year's Cloak and Dagger Season 1 was one of my favorite shows of last year. It's I cannot good. wait for season. It's, it's so good. good. And it's so, good. It was such a surprise hit that now Season 2, the bar is high, but not too high. Very excited for Cloak and Dagger Season 2. <laughs> uh, we have a whole bunch of minor mutations to dive into. It's been a crazy I just, week. I do want to say, Cloak and Dagger, it's set in New Orleans. That's where Monica lives. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> Monica Rimbo. Minor mutations this week week we got Feige has a five-year plan and steal your hearts as of now it does not include the x-men and fantastic four that could still change there was a lot of probably in this quote uh we also got the first press tour kickoff for avengers endgame and they set up a bunch of empty chairs it's probably not a les miserables reference but i choose to believe that it is uh we also have some estimates coming in for the endgame box office they're saying between 200 and 250 million i think we are unanimous in our opinion that that is way too low domestically uh or for the worldwide? opening weekend domestic to about 250 i think it's gonna yeah. three yeah yeah uh, we'll see how many Damn. hours are there in a weekend we're about to find <laughs> out meanwhile captain marvel has crossed the billion mark Damn. she is a billion dollar superhero those are real words that i get to say Hellboy is this weekend. We haven't had a chance to see it yet. We're very excited, uh, but we got a couple new looks at it. We got an R-rated sizzle reel that highlights all the blood and language they could put into that thing. And we got a practical effects featurette, which was cool as heck to show off some monsters. We also found out this week when Disney was at CinemaCon, New Mutants is still on the schedule. What does it mean? Who knows? Uh, <laughs> this week, in addition to Cloak and Dagger, a bunch more comic book television hits. Sabrina Season 2 is on Netflix, and The Tick... Season 2 is on Amazon. Yes. And we found out that a third, count them three, Walking Dead shows will be on the air soon over at AMC. <laughs> we got some casting news finally. We got Rachel Friggin' Vice is circling Black Widow along with David Harbour and a very interesting theory I just heard uh, from a certain Koi Jandro. <laughs> and we also found out Kumail Nanjiani may be joining the Eternals. Oh my god. Finally... Idris Elba is not dead shot, <laughs> is in Suicide Squad, but playing whom? Can Riders, we, let's go. before we dive in, talk about how most of these stories would be majors any other week? Yeah. Can we just acknowledge the fact that $1 billion Captain Marvel, all of these casting choices, all of these shows, there is so much comic book content that these had to go to minors out of sheer necessity of time uh, and space? Holy crap, what a week. I, I think uh, in the same in the same way that in 2014, when The Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out and apparently didn't do great numbers, and then also there was a Sony email controversy. Woo. And then not too long after that, they announced Spider-Man's coming back home to be in the Marvel movies. And then just a year later in Ant-Man, there was a name drop. And then a year after that, he showed up in Civil War. Yep. I think that even though the X-Men, Fantastic Four, the Fox characters are not in their five-year plan, they have them now available to them. We might hear references. We might start to see locations, maybe like Madripoor, Muir Island, mm-hmm. Genosha. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a character. We might even get a reference to like T'Challa's like old flame, either with a name drop or whatever. No actor playing her, but like these kinds of things are open to them, and we might see them and little name drop references, things happening in the next couple of like movies before they do 
commit to like, okay, for sure we're going to do a new X-Men or a you know Wolverine or Fantastic Four or whatever, I think that that's what we're going to see before. And I think it'll be very easy for them to insert that in their five-year plan. I also think that Idris is playing, I hope, Manchester Black. Which is very exciting. He has been played by a uh, black actor in Supergirl, uh, traditionally a white comic book character. But I feel that with his power set, with a beautiful British accent that Idris has, let him soak in that. That would be a perfect character for him to play uh, in a Suicide Squad movie um, led by him. He's awesome. I think he's Bronze Tiger, man. It, that, it's most likely going to be I mean, Bronze Tiger. I, I just, it's right but there. But just with the whole martial arts thing, I'm like, I love Idris. I don't know if he wants to, if he would be signing up for like, yeah, I'll do like crazy physical. <laughs> Right. You know what I mean? Or so Michael like, J. White Manchester is actually black is, a black thank you, belt. Thank like, you. He's yes. actually a black he's belt. In, in the black. Arrowverse, he's, that's who Bron Seiger is. Yeah, so I'm thinking more like telekinetic, telepathic stuff that Manchester Black does would be more Idris Elba's speed. All right. All right. But, I'm really not mad at him not being Deadshot. I'm excited yes. for whatever they're going to give us. The, uh, they, it has been suggested that this leaves room potentially for Will Smith to come back. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm not mad about that. <laughs> Wendy has a sign says that says, but, but gunslinger? gunslinger? <laughs> Wendy's one of the 17 people that saw Dark Tower last year. I saw if James uh, Gunn can 16. make uh, infinite <laughs> movies at multiple companies, uh, Idris Elba can fill his schedule up with whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah totally uh, fair. But uh, yeah, I so I'm I am very curious what they're going to do with him. In part because he also like the, the man looks like a superhero. You don't necessarily. Yeah. I mean, Will Smith does too. But like, it's interesting to be like he as a character who's more physical than like a sniping you from a distance guy. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of possibilities there. Yeah. There's a lot of room for good. Stuff and he there. has such presence. He should be someone important. Like he has such yeah. presence. It is a role. I don't want him to f- like take over someone's role. I want him to define his own role. I don't want anyone to be like, eh, I don't want comparison. I don't want someone yeah. to be like, oh, Will Smith is better. He is better. Yeah. I want a new character for Idris to carve out and make his own. Uh, I do want to talk about the five-year thing because I think people are, are maybe overplaying it a bit. Movies that are shooting right now come out in two years. The ink yeah. just dried, so Black Widow is already in production, probably won't feature mutants, that sort of thing. Like, yeah. They also, a five-year plan, you can fit, like, Spider-Man wasn't in their five-year yeah. plan when Spider-Man got movement. The homecoming people, happened yeah. very quickly people, people because we so needed it. People were so mad because like, Black Panther and Captain Marvel got pushed back. Yeah. And people were like, oh, great, the super, the black superhero and the female superhero are getting pushed for, like, a guy we've seen five other times? I you was know? personally worried because yes. I was waiting for them to but make then, good on their promises, then and lovely. then they yeah. did, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm excited <laughs> about that. But that scene with Anna Connor saying, we got a guy that can swing, a guy that can climb walls, yes. like, all that stuff. So when good. Anna said that, it was different. It, it launched us into a world quickly, and they're already in production. They yeah. can do that here, yes. where they can throw a line in there that's already in production. Yep. So I wouldn't worry about it being 2019, waiting to 2024. That's not what... I think the quote says. I think that's what Kevin Feige wants you to think. I think because yeah. he's the quote. Definitely look this up. It was in an interview with IGN. Read the quote for yourself. But essentially, what he says is, uh, when they were like, "Does is the, are we about to see? Uh, do we have to wait a while to see X Men and Fantastic Four? And he goes, "Probably, yeah. probably, yeah. because we are basically at day one on working on those, and because we currently have a five year plan and mm-hmm. that is nice and full, mm-hmm. it'll probably be at least a couple years, something like that. Which means maybe year four, maybe year five." We don't know. It, nobody says they can't change the plan. It just means he's got a lot of stuff he's already working and on. thank you for not rushing. That was part of the problem with the Singerverses. Like, yeah. we want these movies to have the time to flourish. We want solo movies building to team movies. We want the team movies to have fully fleshed out characters. We also... I love the MCU. The five-year plan probably is dope. Let's not, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah, want them don't, to throw curveballs into something when they've, like, they you've were, had ten years of a great run 11 now. Don't mess up the five if you don't need to. We got the Eternals. We got Shang-Chi. We got yeah, a lot of We're not happening. sitting around like, guys, what do we do? What do we do? These yeah. are all the ideas we had. <laughs> Infinity Saga ends. They're like, well, time we, to pack up. We spent ten years building up C-list and D-list characters to be A-listers, Ugh, but we really want Wolverine back. Yeah, like, like they not we're sitting. not doing that. They did not these, these characters to save them. They're fine. 
yeah. it's going to be great. Although, still counting the days. Just, oh, absolutely. You know, uh, totally. I, cause because I can't wait it, to see what they do with this great. material. Yeah. It will be great. Let's talk about the Hellboy stuff. So, Hellboy comes out this weekend, and a certain David Harbour is very invested in Hellboy. How do I know? Because he's on this week's comic book shopping. Oh. On Tuesday, I can officially announce that David Harbour is our guest for this upcoming Tuesday's comic book shopping. I, guys, I, I'm so excited to share that episode with you. They will only have people come to comic shop with me that are 6'4 and above. Uh, I'm of regular height, I promise. Uh, but, like, David Harbour loves this character so much. He is so invested in this world. Talking to him about Hellboy was just so much passion that I liked talking to him about Hellboy more than any trailer for any Hellboy I've seen. Like, just hearing his passion. Plus, Harbour's got those eyes, man. Like, when yeah. you're like, I believe you, yes, Hellboy. He's just, the conviction is there. So that, with all of these other things we just got, practical effects, R-rated sizzle, I'm really excited to see this movie. I have not seen it yet, but it has been a very Harbortastic week because he's also now in talks is the is the verbiage here. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and say he's in Black Widow. He probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go ahead. Whenever and, they say in talks, it's like they probably already signed a contract. Yeah. Like they like they're just like figuring out how much they're gonna get paid. Like right. They probably already you know. What are which your is, dates? Which is great for for Camille. He's gonna be Camille's gonna be in Eternals, which is so awesome <laughs> with Angelina Jolie because of course and she's probably him. gonna be Cersei and it's gonna be red. The I'm casting so we got in the last two weeks is yeah. so insane Brittany, out come there. Come on, Rachel, Rachel Weisz. Whatever she does is gonna be amazing. Yes. yes. She's never not been amazing in yeah. anything. And I'm just so looking forward to a Widow movie, dude. Like that cast is stellar and whoever those characters are playing great but I, I want to focus on Natasha and she has been a really I, I've been re-watching all the movies and to really pay attention to her through line is like it's it really pays off and it's great she's awesome can't wait I can't wait and like what a glorious time to be like I wonder who these people are because we don't know yeah. and I really like yeah. that yeah, they're announcing the theory? I got a theory <gasps> and it's crazy and I, you know the internet love hates me for my theories mm. I think David Harbour is Taskmaster. Ooh! Now, I think he's Taskmaster okay. because in the Black Widow comic that is running right now, oh. they just introduced Taskmaster, and oh. he's a, definitely a foil in a very specific way, and they just put him in Amazing Spider-Man for a three-issue arc two months ago. Marvel often does this thing where they're like, how is this character doing? And then that's when they're developing the scripts and their movies, and I think that the way mm. Taskmaster... Don't play- overread that Oh, no, no, that, that's but- a piece. That's a, that's a, there's a whole pie, but it's <laughs> yeah, a slice. Yeah, yeah. But I also think David Harbour... His presence, his physicality, and all that. They need someone that can be a foil to Black Widow's insane abilities and like yeah. her insane fighting skill. Who better to fight Black Widow than someone that can watch everyone fight? I want it to be a ground level hero. I want it to be not supernatural. Right. I, want, I don't want space holes. So Taskmaster is a great non space hole villain. He could mirror all of her fighting yep. skills, and I can He's totally funny. see that working in that world. And we need some levity in the world of Black Widow. Like okay, the so Red Room's dark. I know yeah. people are, uh, they have sort of made a joke out of like the Marvel thing being you fight a version of yourself, but yeah. there are very few characters for whom that is more thematically appropriate than Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So you're kind of selling me on that because Black so Widow different. essentially fighting herself. Like, it, you know, we have you're, the Yelena Belova, yeah. we have a lot of other cool, like, lady villains that she can come who's, up against. Who's but, like, Rachel going to play? Yelena? I don't know. I was thinking Madame Mask. Mask. Hydra? Madame oh. Mask. But Madame Mask was in Agent Carter, but that was a older, that was in the 40s or whatever. I'm thinking yeah, Rachel I think they Weiss trained her in the Red Room. I don't know. Uh, um, I'm yeah. thinking Makes like uh, generational fight, like that Wait, sort of was stuff. was she in the flashback in Age of Ultron? I gotta go back and watch. We gotta <laughs> Rachel Weiss was in there and credited. No, she was not. Hand, I, hand. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, oh gosh, I've just blanked out. Taskmaster? Tasky? Ta- oh, 
Oh, oh, Taskmaster. Does he have a daughter? Will she be in Avengers Academy? The ah, bunch of supervillains who get so the... so much and with Taskmaster. David Harbour, if he's playing Taskmaster, show up in uh, Giant Man and the Wasp. That's what I, re- I really want Taskmaster to go up against Scott Lang. <laughs> Will Deadpool be the only guy to beat him? Because he's so crazy, you can't mirrors of reflexes. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, the question. Yeah, yeah. And, like, this is just a harebrained theory. It's just, I was reading comics, and I was like, you know whose voice would come out of that skull well? And that's Harbor. my current theory. It's got no founding in reality. I do a lot of those. Uh, but we also, speaking of not founded in reality, New Mutants is coming to theaters. Cool. So it appeared on a list of upcoming releases and during Disney's presentation, which combined the Disney Fox resources at CinemaCon, which is not a convention the way we think of it, but like a special <laughs> thing that they do for theater owners where they're like, here's what we got coming. And, you know, people like me are on the internet being like, did they show cats? Um, <laughs> but also, Disney had their first, like, we are Disney and Fox. Here is our slate of upcoming releases. Mm-hmm. Dark Phoenix is, like, actually coming out. There was a TV spot this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's all this stuff. And New Mutants was on there. So that feels like release currently still planned. Um, we had heard rumors that it might go to Hulu or something else like that. Mm. It seems like maybe this is still coming to theaters. We don't know a lot about that, but uh, that's the news this week. I also think that $300 is not unrealistic for uh, Avengers because of how much it sold out and everything crashed. Yep. I do think that you should watch both Sabrina and The Tick, and then A Third Walking Dead <laughs> is all of, we got through the minor mutations in time, I believe, for comic books because we have a comic book poll list this week. That is glorious. It yes. is another great week in comic books. Yes, we do and to start off that list we have Captain Marvel number four I have put myself on a budget of how often I'm allowed to make this comic my pick of the week but I feel like it's been a couple of months and y'all it is so good Carmen Canero and Kelly Thompson are doing a great run on this book it is a great time to read it like read the Kelly Sue stuff and then jump and read this stuff uh, and and then read all the rest of it but like Captain Marvel number four read it I slept on Winter Soldier number one I didn't read it until issue two so now that we're number five pick up all five because Winter Soldier (laughs) Soldier is an incredibly illustrated, written, ride of a book. Winter Soldier, we'll talk about in a minute. This is issue five, final run of the mini. X-23 number 11 is on the this list this week because uh, it's a great book and uh, because I love how much Koi loves this book. I love this book so much and it's a new character arc. It's it, uh, An arc just ended so you can pick up this book at the jump. You'll have some new stuff and the title of the book is Honey Badger. For, it's got, it's gonna break our hearts. Why oh, it's because you, you need the feels. You need them but, all. Uh, <laughs> and then we've got Catwoman trade paperback number one. Ooh. Now, Catwoman is a very tricky character to write. I'm very excited for people to get this Dense to dive in. Every different Catwoman's got a different flavor. Yeah. This is the Tom King Catwoman. This is Joel Friggin Jones. Joel Jones. Yes, yes, yes. Writing and drawing Catwoman. Spinning out of yes. Tom King's uh, storyline of the, the, the Bat Wedding. Did she say yes? Did she say no? You're going to have to read it to find out. Uh, which, which was... Uh, I'm just really excited because this is the first collection of that is out. The book, yeah. the run is still going on. Uh, Joel Jones is just an incredible talent. Um, yeah. I met her at WonderCon. I tried to talk like a human. Yeah. I was just like, eh, you're Joel Jones. Uh, uh, that was how that went. Um, but I'm very excited that everybody can grab conveniently the first arc right now. And what do we have to close down the list, Corey? And our final poll of the week. This is episode 300. This is Collider Heroes. This show is John Schnapp through and through. This show is always talking, thinking, feeling Schnapp. And this desk is John Schnapp's desk. And on the week of the 300th issue, the fates brought us the death and return of Superman Omnibus. This could not have been more synchronicity, guys. Like the the 
pick up this book, uh, watch John's documentary, and read this omnibus. Just dive in. It comes out on the 300th. Like, I, I can't make this. I'm just, it warmed my heart so much to see this as an omnibus on this week of all weeks. An omnibus I, is a big, fancy, usually expensive, but incredibly beautiful hardcover edition of something. And this mm-hmm. is a new edition combined, com- collecting the entire death and return of Superman storyline, the epic yeah. storyline from the uh, from 1992, mm-hmm. I want to say, to however long. 93? In there. Doesn't matter. It's uh, great. It lasts a long time. <laughs> it did. Probably spanned many years. <laughs> uh, and it can be yours. And that that closes out our pull list for this week. And Holly wanted to join us this week. Uh, her schedule's crazy. We're going to have Holly on one week soon. Uh, she sends all of her best to all you sweaties. Uh, and I just, I wanted to make sure we took the moment to appreciate the glory of John Schnepp because... Man, I miss him, and man, would he have been rushing to get that omnibus, and man, is it crazy to talk about all these movies without wondering, yeah. like, exactly what John would be thinking, and I can hear him, like, maniacally scheming the next wave of, like, Eternals is a movie, like, Modoc with Patna, everything, yeah. every bit of news <laughs> reminds me of John, uh, I just gotta say, and Dorian would like us to mention Old Town Road. Just, just Google it. Another thing, another actually, another thing that John would appreciate. Uh, now we have uh, another special because this is episode three hundred. It's been a while since we were able to do something like this, but we want to say a big, big thanks to Colm Griffin who made this. Look at the beauty. Colm always running the art game, man. Awesome. I love this guy. I went to Ireland and hung out with him. Colm is awesome. Uh, and this is the Battle of the Outlaw producer. Yes, that is John Roca, a classic Fantastic Four cover homage, coming at the heroes, the evil producer, the outlaw. And I am flying in trying to take out the dastardly deeds. We've got Dorian rocking a Darrow shirt. Now, I got to say, the Death Wish Turn to Superman shirt, we didn't know the Omnibus was coming out when he started that oh, art two months ago. Okay. So when I I saw that shirt plus the omnibus this week. Some magic. Ryan Sands is in there whooping butt. And of course, Amy and I are just hoping to stay alive with Roka just swinging in. It's happening. Yeah, thank you so much for that. Thank you all of you who tweeted us, who sent your questions, who watch the show, who watch along with us. You are our invisible comic book buddies. Thank you for being there with us in all of this. Hector, thank you so much for guesting this week. Literally one of my favorite things to do ever in the world. Thank you guys. You guys are the best. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at uh, Hector is funny. So check it out. (laughs) And one of these weeks we will have less news and we will do so many Twitter questions, but this week was was a doozy. Uh, So so. this has been Collider Heroes 300, and until next time, stay stay sweaty. sweaty. Hey, little chico, pit bull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide, and I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, from negative to positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. Ah. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price of participation may vary.